Hello, I'm Terry Schultz and I am channeling Brussels. Getting newsmakers, movers and shakers to lose the lingo, burst out of the Brussels bubble and have real conversations about critical foreign and security policies shaping our world. It's the rest of the story, beyond the few seconds of sound bites that make it into the news. This edition of Channeling Brussels is brought to you by the Atlantic Council. And this week, I'm so pleased to be joined by the defense minister of the newly renamed country of North Macedonia. As you all may know, by changing its name from the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia last year under what's called the Prespa Agreement, the Balkan nation was able to settle a 27-year dispute with Greece, which almost immediately resulted in an invitation to join NATO. Leaders hope an invitation to open negotiations for membership in the European Union will follow closely behind. So I've just come back from a visit to Skopje, and I saw firsthand there are many people upset about what's been sacrificed to make this deal with Greece. The name change, abandonment of symbols and historic assumptions that meant a lot to citizens of North Macedonia. But enthusiasm is high for all the opportunities that are coming its way. And no one embodies this better than Defense Minister Radmila Shekarinska. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Things have moved very quickly since Prespa. When I was just there, it seemed that not everybody had kept up with exactly what the changes will, will mean. The name everybody knows. Do you feel like people are becoming more comfortable with all the other changes that will be coming along with Prespa as they are unfolding? No single compromise is easy. If this was an easy dispute, it would have been solved almost three decades ago. Uh, if this was an easy dispute uh, in 2008, probably we would have gotten in NATO. Uh, but difficult compromises have to be made. And what we have learned the hard way is that a missed opportunity in 2008 costed us a lost decade. The country has paid enormous price in terms of stability, political situation and economy. So uh, we believe that leaders are elected to make these unpopular decisions sometimes and then convince the public that there is a greater uh, reason for, for this. And I believe that we are doing it. Uh, the opposition to the Prespa agreement will always be strong. It was actually stronger even in Greece. There was violence, protests. Uh, but I think that it was very important last year that immediately after the signing of the Prespa agreement, we could come back home with a deliverable. And that was the NATO invitation. And uh, many people have said, oh, this is just, uh, you know, a token. It's nothing. It's not a real membership. But we have shown, and NATO has shown, that with the speed and the efficiency that we are delivering, uh, in two months, uh, in, in a month after the PRESPA agreement, there was an invitation. In two months, uh, uh, accession talks have started. And in February, we have become an invitee country with a signed accession protocol. So uh, I think that uh, even though some people back home will continue to criticize the compromise, they will all enjoy the benefit. And this is a better, more secure and more prosperous North Macedonia. What were the uh, risks for, for you and also for NATO in not letting you in again? And this really was, it felt like, the last chance. If this didn't work out, people were too exasperated to continue. But uh, Russia, we know, is nibbling around the edges, having more influence than ever in Serbia, um, has tried some nasty things in, Ma in Montenegro and also in North Macedonia, what was then Macedonia. Um, it, w did you feel that that threat was still at the back of your neck? Uh, the whole process was full of unknowns and the risks were incredible. 
We weren't certain whether the Greek government is equally committed as us. We weren't certain how these uh, different malign influences can uh, affect the situation both in our country but also in Greece. But then we said we have to try and we have to make everything humanly possible to invest in a process in which we will build trust with our neighbors. It was first Bulgaria and then Greece. But what we have worked on is uh, on, on assessing the NATO decision and capacity to enlarge. And this is why we have worked last year very hard on defense reforms, on domestic reforms, to convince even the biggest skeptics that this is not just about the name issue, that this is a, a country going through an incredible transformation which is rare these days, which is rare in the Balkans, which is rare in Europe, and that this change needs to be supported and it has to be appreciated. And NATO understood that message and they have, uh, they have delivered uh, big time. I've never, I have, I've rarely seen a happier day at NATO headquarters than the day that this was signed. Um, but when you look ahead with NATO now celebrating its anniversary, its 70th anniversary, um, what does Macedonian membership say about the alliance? You know, the, it's often, it's often said that NATO is casting about for an identity, but um, they like to say, hey, but we have new members wanting to join. I mean, is, is that how you see it too, that NATO still has a, a really key role as it looks at its 70th birthday? Uh, based on our uh, membership, based on the membership of Montenegro previously, I think it's, it's fair to say that this is an organization with future. Because, you know, the quality of a certain organization or a business, you can assess it by how many people want to get in and how many people or, or countries want to get out. Okay, but then we're even right now when I, on, on the EU side, right? Yeah, well, uh, th this is why I say NATO has shown that this is vibrant, it is still as vibrant, dynamic, and forward-looking organization. Uh, and I think that although it's 70 already this year, it has shown that it, it is not, it, it, the age has not slowed it down. Because uh, the, the, the opportunity with the PRESPA agreement was presented in the middle of the year, but then uh, it was up to NATO how to deal with it. And they have jumped on the opportunity. They didn't waste their time. They didn't drag their feet. And that's remarkable for an organization of 29 members. So uh, I think that uh, it's not just our desire to join. It's how NATO has dealt with the challenge of enlargement that shows that this is a strong, forward-looking and dynamic organization. Okay, but you're not gonna be anywhere near the 2% club. And that, of course, is the magic number these days. Um, how do you expect the United States to, uh, to welcome you? I know that in the negotiations, they've been key, of course. Um, but now you join that group of countries that gets yelled at for not spending enough. And um, President Trump has already made some strange comments about Montenegro. So um, what are you expecting there? Uh, when the PRESPA agreement was still a far-fetched possibility, not even that, <laughs> uh, we started working on our strategic defense review and we have asked the US and the UK and some of the other allies to help. Uh, and they have been really extremely uh, important uh, for the process of delivering a plan that will be viable, that, it, that will meet the 2% by 2024, and that will show 
that we are a dedicated partner that the Alliance can count on. So uh, yes, uh, uh, if you analyze the present numbers, they are not 2%, but you will see that uh, North Macedonia is one of the few countries that has increased its defense spending two years in a row. And this will continue. What is even more important, starting from next year, we will have 20% already for modernization. This year we have increased it to 18%, but next year we will meet the 20% threshold. So in a way, uh, some, for some things we need more time but the commitment, the money, the investment is visible and there. Do you think this can be wrapped up by the summit time in December? Uh, we have heard uh, from many allies that uh, it would be very good in an anniversary, the 70th anniversary, to wrap it up with the 30th member. I think that many ancient civilizations believed in the power of round numbers and <laughs> positive numbers. I, I think we should use the opportunity again. And uh, the big lesson from uh, our agreement with Greece, from our challenges uh, back home was, if you have a chance, go for it. Don't stall, don't wait, don't waste time. Because uh, vacuums are dangerous these days. So we would like to focus on the process. We, will, we, we have asked all allies to uh, ratify the agreement, the sooner the better. We are extremely proud that all of our neighbors have ratified it in less than a month. Uh, the number is already eight with full ratifications. We hope that this will continue and we know that everyone sees the benefit of this. And just a, a quick one on the other side of town, the European Union is not moving so quickly after PRESPA and actually when I talked to young people in Skopje they always mentioned, I asked about NATO, they answered about the European Union. That's what they want. They don't want to be waiting at the border outside of Schengen anymore. Um, what can you give them to hope for on the EU side? We have always had this twin goal, <laughs> EU and NATO. And uh, we do believe that our NATO membership is important for speeding things up when it comes to the EU. Yes, uh, EU has had its share of uh, debates and discussions and challenges and doubts. Uh, but instead of crying and complaining that they're not delivering, we have, we have focused even more on our own delivery. Delivery of domestic reforms in the, in the area of uh, rule of law, anti-corruption, media, transparency. And I do believe that we have come forward with really solid arguments. Uh, the struggle is far from over. The decisions will be made uh, in the future. Uh, but I don't think that the EU should waste the rare opportunities in its backyard. Uh, NATO delivered, NATO made the decision. Uh, the EU process is more demanding. So there is logic in, you know, asking for more. Uh, but what we have shown is that we stick to our promises and that we deliver uh, on, on them. So I do believe that the EU will be able to send these young people uh, the signal of hope because uh, they are Europeans. Uh, many of our young people have left the country in the periods of the political crisis because of lack of opportunities. They will continue to leave. So instead of, uh, you know, having them in some of the EU capitals, let's have the EU capitals support their prosperity in their home country. Will the EU keep its promise to you to make a decision by June? 
Um, I believe in hard work uh, and I believe in making strong arguments for our case. Uh, this is our responsibility. And then, even in difficult times, the EU has delivered uh, in the past uh, on, on our bid to join the EU. When we became a candidate country, it was a difficult uh, situation. France, the Netherlands uh, went through difficult and unsuccessful referenda. Uh, they were not too keen on making promises and extending enlargement, uh, but they listened to our arguments. I do hope, I plea, <laughs> I, 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 I count on them uh, using the opportunity to send the right signal in the rest of the Balkans and in the rest of Europe. That's a good place to end. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. That's the Defense Minister of North Macedonia, Radmila Shekarinska, speaking to me after she held meetings in Brussels with NATO and European Union officials. Many thanks to her for making time to speak with me. Thanks to the Atlantic Council, as always, for sponsoring Channeling Brussels. And thanks, above all, to you for listening. I'm Terry Schultz. Join me next time.